From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, support for a Vermont Green New Deal appears to be waning among lawmakers, while another climate bill, the Global Warming Solutions Act, gains momentum. That could leave the state with a strict new set of mandates, but it's not likely to end the push to raise new revenue for climate action. Thank you all for being here. On Thursday, environmental activists and lawmakers gathered at the State House to talk about the Green New Deal. I think we all realize that we're here because climate change represents a serious threat to our environment, to our economy, to our way of life, to our culture, to our agriculture, to our recreational industry and whatnot. But we're also here because we recognize that we're running out of time when it comes to climate change. We're running out of time on a planetary level. We're running out of time on a legislative level as well. Senator Anthony Polina sponsored this bill to raise revenue for climate efforts. It's basically an income tax surcharge on the wealthiest 5% of Vermonters, which makes it a politically tricky sell. There's a certain kind of a new sort of denial that's going on around here, I think. It's not a denial of climate change. People recognize climate change is a problem. It's a denial of the fact that we need to make the investments in order to combat climate change. It's not enough to say it exists and then we're not going to do anything about it. So we got to get past this denial of the need to raise the money to make it happen. Part of the reason Polina says we need to raise this money is because lawmakers have been favoring another bill called the Global Warming Solutions Act. That bill doesn't really talk about revenue, but it does turn the state's environmental goals into mandates, meaning Vermonters could sue the state if emissions don't go down fast enough. I think the problem is we may pass things like the Global Warming Solutions Act, which I'm not saying is a bad bill. I, I will support that. But nothing will happen for three or four years under the Global Warming Solutions Act. And then they set goals, and then they'll come back four years later and say we couldn't reach our goals. Why? Because we didn't have the investment money to make the goals come, come real. So I think that's the problem, is we get the feeling that if we pass the Global Warming Solutions Act, we've solved the problem. When in fact what we've done is started a, a planning process. Where things stand in the State House right now, this seems like a likely outcome. The Global Warming Solutions Act is moving forward, and the Green New Deal probably is not. Plus, there are a handful of other environmental proposals on the table that could make a difference, too. Our energy and environment reporter, Elizabeth Gribkoff, has been watching them. Why are climate issues such a big deal this year in the first place? Yeah, that's a good question. I think last year there was definitely a push from... I mean, largely driven by student activists for the legislature to kind of enact sweeping climate legislation. Vermont's been behind in meeting its emissions reductions goals for years. So I think, you know, the first half of the biennium, there's a lot of focus on doing clean water funding. And, you know, I think with some of that done this session, climate policy has really, you know, risen to the forefront, not just in terms of environmental issues that the legislature is working on, but really, you know, one of the major um, policy initiatives this session. Got it. It sounds like there's a whole bunch of different proposals that are out there. Can we kind of talk about each of them and what their chances are? Sure. This has probably been like the biggest thing that's happened earlier in the session and is going to be one of the biggest pieces of climate policy this year. It's something called the Global Warming Solutions Act. Vermont right now, Governor Phil Scott recommitted the state to meeting emissions reductions goals under the Paris Climate Agreement. So it's 26% reduction by 2025. Emissions actually did go down for the first time in recent years in 2016, but we're still not, you know, really on pace to, to hit that target. So 
this law turns those goals into mandates and then basically creates this climate action council to come up with a plan for how the state would you know go about meeting those goals and require the agency of natural resources to actually set rules to reduce emissions and then you know if they fail to do that or if the rules just really aren't strict enough at all citizens can then sue the state so the the goal you know democratic leadership is saying kind of the goal is to have accountability so that we're actually meeting our emissions reductions goals which we haven't done in the past the house passed that last week so that's been the big bill early this session and then there's been the kind of this ongoing effort to rework what efficiency Vermont does. So their focus Hmm. has been a lot on electric efficiency, um, but Vermont's biggest sources of greenhouse gas emissions come from heating and transportation. So there's a desire to try to see more of the efficiency dollars go toward that work. But figuring out, you know, how to do that without potentially raising the electric efficiency charge has been a little bit tricky. So the Senate um, has been working on a proposal to, in the next few years, just redirect a portion of their budget, a couple million dollars to that kind of work as almost like a sort of a pilot. And then to set the stage for perhaps, you know, a broader transition down the line. And then we've got, uh, should we talk about the TCI? Yeah, we should. (laughs) Okay. So TCI has been, which stands for the Transportation and Climate Initiative. It's this multi-state Northeast regional cap and trade program with the aim of reducing emissions from transportation. You know, Vermont has been part of kind of discussions to set up a regional agreement for how to do that. And basically it would be you know, when people are kind of importing fuel into the region, they would have to buy allowances at auctions. And then, you know, those would sort of reduce over time. So the goal would be to reduce emissions. But the idea is that each state would get a certain amount of money back. So like Vermont, I think I've seen productions about like, you know, 20 million a year, and then that could go into, you know, transportation and, and other kinds of greenhouse gas emissions reduction measures. Those in favor have argued, you know, this is really what we need to participate in this um, to actually, if we're going to like reduce emissions of transportation, there's been a similar effort in the electric sector that Vermont has participated in that's been fairly successful. Hmm. Um, But the challenge for lawmakers is that the final agreement isn't going to come out until later this year. Hmm. So they've been sort of grappling with how do we set Vermont up to potentially sign this if it meets, you know, certain terms that we're in agreement with without actually seeing that final agreement. So that's just a timing issue with the end of the legislative session. Pretty much. Yeah. So that's been kind of, it's been, I think, a little bit trickier to move ahead with that than perhaps people were, you know, initially hoping. Um, And then the governor, he said he's wanted Vermont to be participating in the negotiations, but he's definitely raised concerns about, you know, is this going to raise prices at the pump? People in favor of it argue that it's not really going to be felt if you look at the general just constant changes of gas prices and fluctuations Mm. it would be relatively small but that's kind of where the tension lies got it so we've also heard lawmakers talking about a vermont green new deal which of Mm -hmm. course is a riff on this federal kind of policy platform that would create jobs kind of in like renewable energy Mm -hmm. sector and the more sort of climate resiliency side of things while also using tax revenue, basically, to facilitate that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Where does that effort stand in Vermont? Yeah, there, there has been a recent push in the past couple of weeks for Vermont to pass sort of its own version of the Green New Deal. This was introduced earlier this session by Senator Anthony Polina, and it would basically have a you know, slight income tax surcharge on the top 5% of earners in Vermont um, and raising around $30 million a year. Um, and that's basically the idea is that these are the people who saw some benefits from the federal tax cuts. So it's like, you know, a percentage of that kind of going back into the state is the, is the idea behind it. Hmm. But it's chances for 
passing this session, especially since we're in we're in the second half of the you know two year legislative session, are not looking that good because lawmakers already have kind of their big climate policies that they're working through this session. There's also this you know major Act 250 reform going on, so I think the appetite and even just timing for having another complicated climate policy debate is just things are just not looking good for that. I was listening yesterday to Polina talking about the idea for this Vermont Green New Deal. And of course, at this point, since the Global Warming Solutions Act has already passed the House and it seems to have some momentum, they didn't want to ignore that policy. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we're talking about how this would kind of couple well with it because it would create a revenue source that Mm -hmm. would um, fund some of those efforts that are talked about in the Global Warming Solutions Act, which would, like you said, establish these new mandates. They talked a little bit about, while still saying Global Warming Solutions Act is a good bill, that it might be a little bit more of an iffy situation if we were to create those mandates without having some Mm -hmm. kind of revenue source fueling some of that. Where do lawmakers seem to kind of stand on this issue of just what all this is going to cost and where does the money come from? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good question. That's something when I interviewed um, Senate President Pro Tem Tim Ash about that and you know, he was saying at this point to reduce emissions doesn't all have to be from, you know, I guess a major public investment. You know, some of it's going to be technological advances. There's kind of a a huge array of things that are going to have to happen. And I think one concern though, is that, you know, if you're going to have people say, I don't know, weatherizing their homes or switching to electric vehicles for, you know, lower or moderate income Vermonters, that kind of that upfront investment, while over time, maybe that they would likely save money and energy costs, that upfront investment is just high for a lot of people. And so that's likely where there would need to be. And we already are seeing like electric vehicle incentives with taxpayer money, some kind of public investment to get people to switch over. You know, I think some of it maybe is the timeline, like supporters of the Green New Deal would argue, you know, we're already way behind in meeting our emissions reductions goals. Like we need, we know what we need to do. We need it to be happening now and we need some public money to kind of spur that on. Whereas I think people who are really are more specifically backing something like the Global Warming Solutions Act, the idea is that that's going to kind of come up with a plan and then we'll, we'll figure out, you know, how are we spending our money? Because part of it is it's going to assess like what state programs we already have for climate policy. You know, how are we spending our money now? The other barrier to moving these bills forward is the Scott administration. More on that when we come back. Just a quick message from our underwriters. Casella Waste Systems provides waste and recycling services for homes, businesses, and organizations throughout Vermont and the Northeast. With a focus on recycling sustainability and environmental protection, Casella ensures that proper collection, renewal, and disposal of discarded materials keep our communities clean while extending the value of your unwanted items. Fun fact, last year, Casella recovered over 2.4 billion pounds of recyclables. To learn more, visit casella.com or call 1-800-CASELLA. As activists have pressed the state to do more about the climate crisis, Governor Phil Scott has emphasized a few key proposals, including more funding for electric vehicle and weatherization incentives. It's actually action items, uh, whether it's with uh, incentives for EVs or infrastructure or trying to bring more, uh, more focus on some of the energy storage, which I think is essential as we move forward. Um, So we're actually doing something about it. But at a press conference earlier this month, Scott signaled skepticism about the Global Warming Solutions Act, specifically the idea that the state could get sued for failing to act. uh, Goals are are important, uh, but I don't want to open up us to a a lawsuit that will just slow down the progress of whatever we're trying to do. But supporters have pointed out that Vermont isn't the first state to try this. 
My experience has been that unless a statute has teeth, it is unlikely to be effective in the long term. This is Jennifer Rushlow. She's an associate dean at Vermont Law School, and she was on a legal team that sued the state of Massachusetts under a similar law. And Jennifer says it worked. Going forward, as we have to have these more advanced greenhouse gas emissions reduction measures in order to get the kind of high-level reductions that we need, we're going to have to have policies that have teeth. And unfortunately, the mere fact that a legislature felt strongly enough about an issue to pass a law does not mean that that law is going to be enforced and implemented. And we saw that in Massachusetts, where the legislature passed an ambitious Global Warming Solutions Act in 2008 under a Democratic governor, Deval Patrick, and there was a requirement in that statute for the Department of Environmental Protection to promulgate rules implementing the statute, similar to what's provided for in the Vermont GWSA as passed in the House. And the agency didn't do that. And so we, and I was at the time I was at Conservation Law Foundation, uh, you know, a third party NGO sued to force the state to promulgate those rules like they were required to under the statute. And that was successful. We won in the Supreme Court in Massachusetts. And now the state has those rules in place. They went through the process of promulgating them and now they're in effect. Jennifer said other states have similar laws on the books. California, New York, and Maine all have versions of a Global Warming Solutions Act. That being said, Massachusetts is the only state that has a law that mandated the promulgation of rules. And Vermont will be the only one that has a law that specifically sets out what the cause of action mechanisms are, which I think is very smart. I think it's very smart to plan for that and to have the legislature design that process in the way that they think is fair. I guess I still wonder about the next step, right? Like if they have a clear mandate to set these rules and to, you know, put this stuff in writing, but what if, you know, the way things shake out, the state just still doesn't end up meeting those emissions mandates, for example, if it seems like they've maybe done everything that they could and it 2050 rolls around and we're just not there. What happens then? The bill actually provides for that, and so it tells the court how to rule in cases like this, and it says that if the court finds that the rules adopted by the secretary pursuant to this chapter are a substantial cause of failure to achieve the greenhouse gas emissions reductions requirements, the court shall enter an order remanding to the secretary to update those rules. So if those greenhouse gas emissions reduction limits are not achieved, but it's not because the Agency of Natural Resources didn't do everything it could, then they would do fine in court. All they can do is do their best. That's not to say complying with those rules won't be hard. I I don't think that should be the measure here. Dealing with the effects of climate change will be harder. And so certainly they will have to push themselves and push the regulated community to levels that will not always be comfortable. But if they do their best to meet the greenhouse gas emissions reductions, if they document, you know, how they came to the conclusion that their proposed rules will, uh, or their adopted rules will accomplish those greenhouse gas emissions reductions, I think that they will have met the standard that this bill sets out for judicial review. The Scott administration's other argument here is that these mandates just aren't necessary, given what the state's already doing on energy and emissions. I think that climate change is real. We have to do everything we can. I just have to be realistic about it. And uh, and just to set a, a goal and then just, you know, wipe our hands and say we've done our job isn't good enough. I think you have to put some action into place. 
they kind of did a breakdown of all the climate spending in the budget and it was I think it was like over 240 million, which I mean, that's, you know, a lot. Um, But a lot of that, you know, a lot of that's for existing programs like Efficiency Vermont or things utilities are now required to do under the renewable energy standard. And so I think, you know, there's some validity if you look at $240 million for a state like Vermont, that is a lot of money. But on the other hand, if you look at I've seen estimates from, say, like the Energy Action Network about what kind of, you know, on the ground measures would it take for Vermont to meet its goals under the Paris Climate Agreement, which Governor Phil Scott recommitted Vermont to. And it's, I mean, you know, it's like astronomical levels of electric vehicles and homes, weather, you know, nowhere near where we are. If you look at, you know, the annual rate, the state's doing that over the next few years. So I think it's, it's pretty hard to, I think it's a tough argument to make that doing maybe a little bit more of what we're doing now in the next few years would, would get us on track to some of that. But yeah, um, I know he, you know, often when presented with these questions, he will kind of talk about how because new technology as electric vehicles go more mainstream, as new home heating technologies come out and things that uh, are going to kind of bend that curve on Mm -hmm. their own, that the market's going to do some Mm -hmm. of that work for us. But it sounds like the legislators who are backing these measures are saying, really, the numbers just don't add up. That's just not going to be enough. Yeah. And I I think part of it, too, I mean, I think the the big argument, you know, for those who have, have been working on and are in favor of the Global Warming Solutions Act is that, you know, we just at this point, Vermont, we don't have any kind of plan for really addressing climate change. You know, like the way we're, we've been working now on cleaning up our waterways is because the EPA ordered Vermont to go back and come up with a pollution reduction plan. And that that's, you know, set in place all these programs and all these specific targets that the state has to meet. And with climate change, it's just, you know, it's a bit willy-nilly a little bit going on in a lot of different agencies. And we don't have a great sense of like, you know, what are the emissions reductions we're likely to get from what's already in place? You know, I think it's challenging for lawmakers to even know what additional policies they should be doing if they don't have a great sense of what the effects of what the state's already doing is. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, that's I think that's kind of an important... So just to recap for a minute, it sounds like of all of these proposals that have gotten on the table, the Global Warming Solutions Act seems to have some momentum behind it. It passed by a pretty wide majority in the House mm-hmm. and seems like has um, a good amount of support, even if the governor has signaled that he's probably not so hot on it. S- something like the Green New Deal seems like it's not really going to move yeah. this year, at least. I think it's something the Senate Natural Resources Committee will likely be discussing and, and taking up, but I don't think we're going to see it you know, passed this session, especially because it's we're basically already at the crossover deadline and yeah. you know lawmakers have a lot on their <laughs> a lot on their hands. <laughs> yeah. In terms of the TCI, it sounds like there's some tricky timing to deal with. That's kind of a question mark. Yeah, I think and I and I think right, the timing is tricky and I also think Governor Phil Scott has been a bit reticent about anything that, you know, might raise prices at the pumps. I guess kind of in contrast to TCI, maybe with the Global Warming Solutions Act, the administration, right before kind of the the committee that had been working on it in the House, you know, voted it out, they came in with a proposal that the big change was making it so that the state couldn't be sued until 2050. So they were kind of saying, you know, it's not that we're necessarily opposed to having these be mandates, but, you know, we don't want that trigger for lawsuit to happen to 2050, which of course is something lawmakers say (laughs) is really important. But I think you did see some effort, albeit perhaps a bit late in the game, to reach a compromise on on that one and not just, you know, not total, like, we don't want this at all. Got it. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's complicated. It did seem like with that bill that the 
being able to sue the state really became the sticking point, that that's really what the administration took issue with here. Yeah, I think I think that's true. And that's something that, you know, lawmakers have said is is an important part of the bill. They always stress that there's a lot of other <laughs> parts of it, too. But, you know, that that kind of accountability mechanism is, is pretty crucial to the effort. Looking at all these things as a whole, I mean, if we end this session and basically the Global Warming Solutions Act ends up having been kind of the signature piece of climate action that the legislature took this year, where does that leave us? If Vermont does pass the Global Warming Solutions Act, this council will have to come up with a plan, I think, in it's about a year, 18 months. And then the State Agency of Natural Resources will have to start setting rules. And I believe lawmakers are going to have to take a look at that plan again. So there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, future involvement by lawmakers and, you know, possibly a need for f- for future policy going forward. That That's likely to inform, you know, whether it's specific investments that they want to make in, in climate legislation. And also the state's kind of moving forward with this multi-year effort to rework how efficiency work is, is done and try to make that apply more broadly to heating and transportation. I suspect we'll see more emphasis on that next session because the State Public Utility Commission has been doing this you know, ongoing kind of study into it that's going to come out right before the next session. So I think we're still going to see some, some climate policy <laughs> next session. <laughs> Got it. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, Mike. You can find all of Elizabeth's reporting on the climate crisis and environmental policy at the State House at vtdigger.org. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We use music this week by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger Newsroom. Have a nice weekend. <laughs>